0: This is Low Inflammation Diet and How to Read Labels with Dr. Jenny Fleckhar, an integrative doctor. Prosper, flourish, bloom with your people, your close-knit group, your clan, straight out of area code 419 with the most cutting-edge, controversial, and enlightening information from the most knowledgeable experts in everything, mind, body, and soul. Welcome to the Thrive Tribe 419 Podcast. I'm your host, Rose Hollow. Dr. Jennifer Flaghart is an emergency medicine physician board certified by the American Board of Emergency Medicine. She has almost completed her integrative medicine fellowship at Arizona College of Integrative Medicine. Dr. Fleghar currently opened FlagMed, an integrative medicine practice and a yoga studio, Perrysburg Yoga in Perrysburg, Ohio. Her interests include avoiding GMOs, cloth diapering, baby wearing, and extended breastfeeding. So welcome, Jenny. Thank you. And I'll let you take over. Thanks, Galen. Thanks,
1: Galen. Okay, so we'll get started. And if anyone has questions or a comment, just raise your hand and we can talk and all learn from each other also. So, so I love this quote, so eat food, not too much, mostly plants. And this is an author, Michael Pollan. Um, and that's where you have it. You That's going to be what we're going to talk about a lot. A lot of vegetables are important. So eat your produce. So there's a known mortality benefit with increasing daily fruit and vegetable intake. So mortality means death, okay? So from multiple studies, um, it's shown that people who ate seven or more servings of fruits and vegetables per day, their risk of dying from any cause was reduced by 42% compared to people that ate um, less than one serving a day. And think about that. I mean, that's pretty significant. Um, it's hard to get seven or more fruits and vegetables in, but it's so important. And if you do eat that, then you're not eating the processed stuff. But think about how many times we do eat less than one serving of vegetable a day. I mean, it happens. It's easy to happen, especially with how busy everyone is and the availability, especially living in the 419, um, the the availability we don't have farmers markets every week like they do in California. <laughs> so mm. this is this is from the National Cancer Institute in 2010, and it hasn't changed much. So I think this is kind of embarrassing. Um, this is the mm. top foods that Americans eat, but it's true. So grain based desserts. Um, if you look ages overall, two plus is grain based desserts and yeast breads, and then if you break it up, um, kids two to eighteen. Pizza is number two, and then 19 um, and older, it goes back to yeast breads, and this is the soothing food, you know, when you're in college or you meet with girlfriends and you you eat the bread and you get the dessert, and this is what people do when they get together, um, you know, so if you look down there, that's that's it. I do not see vegetables on the top ten fruit so we consume too many bad fats so that's polyunsaturated vegetable oils like canola oil like soybean oil chemically altered fats like trans fats like margarine which actually you know physicians were telling you margarine was heart healthy 10 years ago and that it was good for you so obviously you know we have some learning to do in medical school we don't really learn about nutrition and we just hand them out whatever is on our computer partially hydrogenated fats also we have too many omega 6 fatty acids. Um, this intake has doubled over the last hundred years. This is not a normal thing for a ratio of omega 3 to omega 6 to have as many omega 6 as we're having. And this is because corn oil, where there's a big push for corn oil, corn oils and everything, high fructose corn syrups and everything, and that's from farming and genetically modified corn and refined soybean oil. Also, that can correlate with. GMO soybeans, um, and how everything, soybean oil is in everything also. Um, so that's in a lot of processed food, salad dressing, cookies, it's fried. If you go to most places and ask them what they're frying, their, your fries in, it's going to be soybean oil or corn oil. I think soybeans a little cheaper, so they mostly do that. High glycemic, low carbohydrates, flour, sugar, high fructose corn syrup. These lead to pro-inflammatory end products, um, and they also promote insulin resistance in many people. And that's this is why kids are getting diabetes at age 10. I mean, it's happening. It's really and this is type 2 diabetes, not type 1. This is insulin resistance. This is from our diet. We're doing this to ourselves. And then additives, additives that are banned everywhere else, but in the US, they are still given to everyone. Um, artificial altered ingredients. Um, it increases cardiovascular disease and other diseases. So we consume two little good fats, and these are the anti-inflammatory fats that we need. The omega-3, they're anti-thrombotic, mostly found in um, oily fish, and our, we've had a spike in cardiovascular disease, while omega-3 consumption has gone down about 20% compared to what it was many years ago. Plants plant foods, fruits, and vegetables. Um, we're losing out on phytonutrients and antioxidants that we would normally have in our body and our body is supposed to have. And protective micronutrients, nutrients, including vitamin D and magnesium. And part of the problem with this is that our soil is depleted of these, especially in the Northwest um, Ohio region. Um, selenium is really low on the soil. Um, and that's important for thyroid health. So if you look, there's a lot of thyroid disease around um, the Great Lakes so it's just interesting if you look at the diseases and what's in the soil. This is due to crop rotations. You know, farmers are doing things differently because of the different chemicals and Roundup and stuff that we can use. So, so has everyone heard of the Mediterranean diet? This isn't oldie but a goodie. And I'm going to go over um, some diets that are, there, there's studies on them. And then some new ones that there are emerging studies. So Mediterranean, and all of these are, are low in inflammation um, in different ways. So this is primarily plant-based, high intake of vegetables, fruits, breads and cereals, beans, nuts, and seeds. So the basic fat, the cornerstone is olive oil. You know, you think of the French, and this is the French paradox you've heard of. Why are all these French... People have such low cardiovascular disease compared to Americans, they're drinking wine and they're eating bread and olive oil. Well, the olive oil is so cardioprotective and it's their main source of fat with a really good omega-3 ratio. Moderate to high intake of fish where you get your omega-3s, low intake of dairy products, poultry and red meat, and low to moderate consumptions of that wine, which has phytonutrients in it, um, resveratrol in the wine, which is heart healthy also. So basically, it's three to nine servings of vegetables, which a day, I mean, that's a lot that's gonna keep you full. One to two, one and a half to two servings of fruit, one to 13 servings of like cereals, breads, eight servings of olive oil daily, and nuts and seeds. And that eight servings of olive oil, it seems like a lot, as long as you're not, um, you know, you just have to be careful because it is higher calories. Our fats are more calorie dense. So you have a handful of almonds or a tablespoon of olive oil. It's going to keep you fuller longer, but it's not going to seem like as much. So you just have to be careful. But that is is good for your heart to have that much olive oil. So here's kind of what it looks like. You also want to drink plenty of water and then, you know, exercise, take steps, just walking. But, um, you know, this is... they they do do the bread. So if you don't have a, you know, intolerance to that, I mean, this is, this is heart healthy, but it's more fruits and vegetables. So multiple studies have shown over the past 20 years, it's protective effects against cardiovascular disease, cancer, diabetes, which is reducing the hemoglobin A1C, which is the marker that everyone's doctors order in cognitive health. So the big study that's been published and out there is the Lion Diet Heart Study. So this was over 400 individuals who had had a heart attack and myocardial infunction and survived it. They were randomized. This is a great study. So, so, some of them were on the Mediterranean diet, and some were just on a like a low fat kind of, you know, probably margarine diet. So, um, and the Mediterranean diet group was found to have a 73 percent risk reduction in combined endpoints of cardiac death and non fatal. MI or heart attack. So that's that's pretty big. So, um, you know, you're taking your risk for having a recurrent heart attack, which is everyone's worst fear or dying from a heart attack and reducing it by 73%. So the next is the anti-inflammatory diet. Does anyone have questions about Mediterranean? So this is um, a, a diet lifestyle. So that's how he describes it by Dr. Andrew Wheel. And he is like the founder of integrative medicine. And he he kind of founded the Arizona College of Integrative Medicine, which is where I'm doing my fellowship. So basically with inflammation, it's not always a bad thing. Chronic inflammation is what is bad. So acute inflammation is good. This is when you have an acute sickness, you stub your toe, you know, your body sends cytokines and all these inflammatory cells to there and tries to help it heal. It can also, um, you know, that's why you take an anti-inflammatory when you have a Swollen knee because you want to cut down on that, you know, say, I, I feel it, I know, I don't need to go run a marathon, you know, I, I get it. So, but that's how our body protects ourselves. So, but chronic abnormal inflammation is the hallmark of tons of diseases, you know, rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, MS. I mean, we are chronically inflamed, and it's not just from your diet. Stress can cause inflammation. In um, the environment can, but we can control our diet. So this is, um, you know, a big way that we can heal ourselves instead of working against us. And inflammatory foods, you know, we all know what they are, sugar, you know, high glycemic index foods. So the anti-inflammatory food period, you have your fruits and vegetables on the bottom, so four to five for the vegetables, minimum it says, so they really want you to have those servings. Three to four fruits a day, you know, and organic if possible for those. Um, whole and cracked grains, you can have those. You can have pasta al dente. So what that means is that you you want to cook it so it's still kind of firm, because it makes it helps the glycemic index. It makes it lower. So if you cook pasta till it's floppy, you know, and and it tastes better that way, kind of. But you know that your stomach's going to take that and your, your blood sugar is going to spike because it's rapidly digested, if that makes sense. Um, so if you cook it a little bit harder, it's going to take your, your stomach a little bit longer to absorb it. Beans and legumes, healthy fats. So olive oil, um, avocado seeds, walnuts, fish and seafood. Um, Dr. Wheel is really, really likes whole soy. Um, I don't do a lot of soy personally because I can't find, like, whole soy that much. I mean, tofu is okay. Most soy that we see is processed soy, which is, like, here's a soy chicken nugget or here's a soy hot dog. Those are bad. Those are probably – those are inflammatory, okay? But if you have whole soy foods like edamame and that kind of stuff, stuff that, like, people eat in other cultures because it's whole-based food, you can do okay with that. There's been a lot of studies and – about soy and estrogen and a lot of people worry about that um you know i i personally would avoid it if you do have you know history that you're concerned of being sensitive to soy if you if you just eat a little this is like one to two a day you're going to be okay they've done studies on infants with soy milk instead of that couldn't breastfeed and they really did not show any changes so the big the studies are still mixed out there um but if you're having whole soy it is Lower inflammatory, if that makes sense. Um, so other sources of protein you could have there: milk, egg, and cheese. Healthy healthy herbs are always great; they add flavor to your vegetables. Red wine, and then you could have um, a small amount of you know unprocessed dark chocolate. So omega three versus omega six. So. Um, Omega-6 is important, but we need to have a good balance. So omega-6 fatty acids, they upregulate the inflammatory process, while omega-3 drives down the inflammatory process and, and um, downregulates inflammation.
0: It's time for a quick break. Does holistic life have you frazzled? Naturally Simplified is here to save the day and time, offering non-toxic alternatives to everyday needs using only organic and wild-crafted ingredients. Small-batch formulas that can be customized for your specific needs, plus new workshops that cover an array of holistic health reservations. Join the Naturally Simplified Facebook group for a full list of events through December, which include... CBD. Is it? Can it? Will it? essential oil safety and diy foaming hand soap essential oils balms sprays and more now available at indigo therapeutic massage and spa in downtown defiance ohio for store hours available appointments and all the information you need to start living your life free of toxins visit naturally-simplified.com and this company is a company that i have personally used and can testify to its quality
1: thanks guys Back to the show. So we're going to play a little game with foods and inflammatory or anti-inflammatory foods. So if you guys want to participate. So we have walnuts. Yes. So they are very beneficial to health. So um, there's been studies that have shown 30 grams of mixed nuts per day or olive oil They're an anti-inflammatory effect and actually showed up in in lab markers, um, C-reactive protein. Um, Also IL-6 with interleukin-6, which is an inflammatory marker, and um, endothelial adhesion molecules and cytokines. So they also lower total cholesterol, LDL, ApoB, and triglycerides. So that's really important if you do have high cholesterol. And you're on medication, you could also try to bring down your... LDL a little bit more by having, you know, a handful of nuts a day. Kiwi. I'll just do it. So they're mildly anti-inflammatory. So they're a great source of fiber and vitamin C and E. And this is good because we're getting these things naturally as opposed to a pill. Tomatoes. So this one throws a lot of people off. So... Well, raw or cooked, they're actually mildly inflammatory because same things. They have fiber antioxidants, um, vitamins A, D, and E. But if you do have a nightshade allergy, um, this, yeah, these would be inflammatory if your body doesn't agree with that. And we'll talk more about different allergies in a little bit. This is supposed to represent corn oil. (laughs) Yuck. It's in everything, though. So it's very pro-inflammatory. So the ratio of 6 to 3 in corn oil is 46 to 1. And the studies show that, like, we want to. It, it's like, I've seen studies like eight to one and I've seen 12 to one. There's no really definite, like, ratio that they could say this is the ratio you want of six to three, but we don't want it totally out of whack. It should not be 46 to one. This is butter. Yeah, so mild, but yeah, mildly anti inflammatory. So, it has a high saturated fat content. Okay. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. You said with
1: yes. Like got Trans fats. Good. Is. Mm-hmm.
0: So, so it's
1: gotta be butters, 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 okay. Is I would not milk use milk margarine. Milk it. so it's mildly. Mildly inflammatory, yes. So, because because of the high saturated fat content. So if you're if you're slathering all your foods in butter, you know, right, right. So so if you're cooking at high heat or or something, you know, and you're not overdoing it, butter is good. But if you could maybe substitute a little olive oil for that perfect yeah or or avocado oil or something like that and extra virgin olive oil can handle higher heat so but here's the and here's why I put considerations in there um, if you're having grass-fed butter that's that's really good for you I, I mean so you can you can look so there's a couple there's um Costco if you guys go to Toledo has carry gold butter there or it might be around here all these does now okay. So all, oh, see, you got they responded to you guys in the community. Yeah. That's great. Kerry gold butter. So it's made from grass fed cows, yeah. um, in like Ireland. And they're like happy cows. They say, yeah. I would be happy too before, but, but, um, yeah, so butter, that, that's the thing. It, high saturated fat, but so does coconut oil, you know, and coconut oil is a good fat too. Yeah. Those are good. But, um, But you want to have grass. And if you actually look, if you take a stick of Kerrygold butter and a stick of, like, regular butter, it's crazy. It's kind of like how eggs look different if they're pasture or, um, Mm -hmm. you know, in a cage. But the the Kerrygold Mm -hmm. butter is so yellow and beautiful. And the regular stick of butter is just, like, white almost. It looks Mm -hmm. like... So, I mean, that's that's just... You can see the difference. I need to, like, put it... Do that side by side because... I bought regular butter because we were just like using it for something not that we were eating. So but um yeah, so that's that's an interesting one. K-E-R-R-Y. Gold. Yeah, Aldi's is good with that. Yeah. So olive oil, I think we all know that this is strongly anti-inflammatory, excellent source of oleic acid and it also contains a naturally incurring cox inhibitor, so which is anti inflammatory. Avocados. How there's
2: been
1: such a controversy olive oil outside of Italy. Oh yeah. What you're getting. I, I would just get organic extra virgin olive oil. Because if it's USDA organic, there's some sort of, you know, they're checking on that. You know, they, the FDA has to regulate that. So I think that would be the best bet. We personally, we get it at Costco. You know, I feel like their brands are pretty, pretty safe and good. Yeah, I do. They're Kirkland extra virgin olive oil. I forget if it's been organic or not lately. And then Aldi's has an organic extra virgin olive oil. And it tastes good. I use that in salads and stuff. You're but, hmm Yeah, but sometimes like I'll use that if I'm having it plain because the taste is better. Or and then I'll use my Costco big jug if I'm like roasting, you know. So, um, or you can put it in recipes. They used to use olive oil. Um, you know, like when brownie mixes ca- cause for oil, like. Mm-hmm. When they used to bake, they used to use olive oil, I read somewhere, for for that kind of stuff as substitutes. Or you could use coconut oil, but, um, you know, get creative with that kind of stuff, especially for dairy-free people out there. (laughs) So, all right, avocados. They're moderately anti-inflammatory, so good source of oleic acid and dietary fiber. So this is wild salmon. So, everyone knows. So, strongly anti-inflammatory. That's because of the omega-3 fats. And then it has the EPA and DHA. This is farm salmon. So, this is actually... This kind of made me crazy when I learned this. Yeah, it looks a little different. So, this actually, like... I This changed at how I... When I eat out. So, farm salmon is high in arachidonic acid, which is... You know, um, it's bad. It's an inflammatory acid. And it's because they eat an artificial diet. They're feeding them all these grains and vegetable oils. So this inflammatory effect of the arachidonic acid overwhelms the benefits of the EPA and DHA, making the farm salmon inflammatory. So just think about that. So when I go out to eat with friends or my husband, I'm like, oh, they have salmon. And then I'm like, oh, is your salmon farmed or... You know, is it wild? And it's like always farmed. And I'm like, and these are nice restaurants. And I, and then I'm like, well, I'm going to get a steak (laughs) because, you know, it's like might as well have a steak. I'll eat my um, wild salmon at home because it's, yeah, it's basically, so it's just something to think about um, when you go out to eat. So um, that's it for that. So elimination diet. So this is, this is becoming very popular. I, I like elimination diets because what it does is... You know, there's different ones. There's Whole30, there's autoimmune protocols, there's low food maps, there's GAPS, there's all these different diets out there. And basically what I think it comes down to is just knowing what your body is okay with, what it reacts to, what you have intolerances to. Like you were saying, you, have, you and nightshades don't agree. Well, they do agree with me, but I thought
0: that they were very inflammatory. <clears throat> And I love them, so I'm in a dilemma with
1: that. Well, they can be if they don't agree with you. You know, we they all agree with
0: me fine. Okay. <laughs> I just thought I was eating them, and I shouldn't be. Well, that's the that's the hard thing for me to give up. It's like tomatoes.
1: I I would say have tomatoes if you don't get gassy or bloated after. You know, if you tolerate them fine, you're getting. Good fiber you're getting good phytonutrients um you're getting lycopene you know you're getting lots of good stuff and you're eating and filling up on a vegetable as opposed to some chips or something processed so just think about it you know that way but um well, so good to know because
0: i i every time i eat a tomato I, it's probably not good for me but i i love it and I eat oh tomato, no so
1: i'm glad to know that yeah too. good so this one, for example, excludes you know this is like common elimination diets, um, dairy, cow's milk, you know, soy, wheat, eggs, peanuts, tree nuts, and seafood, and then um, other ones you can you know remove are you know below there. Um, but the big thing is you just start a food diary, and you could take out one at a time, or you can do the whole thirty where it takes out everything. But you need to do a food diary so you can just write down, or on your phone write down you know what you've had, and then. Once you start adding it back in, is then when you're gonna know. So I personally was breastfeeding, gave up dairy and gluten um because of like rashes and stuff. And I didn't help the rash for my son, but when I ate bread out to eat with my husband, like a couple months later, I woke up in the morning, I had horrible rash all over my face, and I'm like, Oh, that makes sense when I looked back at my whole life story. So Um, You know, not that I have celiacs, but I'm gluten intolerant. And the food we have today is not the same as growing up. There's more chemicals added to our food, Roundup. There's GMOs now. It's not the same food. So what are you reacting to? You know, the pesticides, actual food. Or do you have a leaky gut where your gut health is just, you know, your gut's opened up and those food particles are coming into your blood and then your blood is reacting back with IgG or IgA antibodies and saying, you know, this is a foreign body. So if you, are, if you find something that you're intolerant of, but then you heal your gut, you might be able to tolerate that food. And that's why a lot of those blood tests for allergies, they're not that accurate because it could just say you have a leaky gut, so you react to everything. So um, I'm not a fan of those, but if people want to order them, I'll order them for them. But I'll also explain to them why it is the way. But um, yeah, everyone's different, and that's why not every diet will work for everyone. But um, it's good to know about them all. So keto diet is the new craze, right? Everyone's seen Mm. Facebook pages of before and afters Mm. on the keto, and they're like, I'm eating 10 pounds of bacon a day and losing weight. So um it's high fat and low carb and it's nutritional ketosis, so and it's induced by um low carb, so you're not having the glucose. Um and it produces high levels of circulating ketone bodies and it shifts your body to a fat burning um metabolism as opposed to burning glucose off in glycogen stores. So it originally started as a way to treat seizures. Um Very effective in kids. I mean, the ketogenic diet has been around for a long time with treating seizures in kids, and um, it's still used. Treatment-resistant seizures, you know, they're on all sorts of seizure drugs, not working for these kids, and you put them on a ketogenic diet, and their seizures stop, which I just think that is amazing. Um, And new studies are showing that the keto diet is actually helping treat age-associated neural dysfunction, and it enhances the mitochondrial antioxidant status. And it protects the mitochondrial DNA from oxidative um, stress and induced damage. So that's new studies coming out. So it's kind of the whole thing about your mitochondria. You stress them a little bit, and it actually helps them thrive, if that makes sense. So here's the whole pathway with the NRF2 and um, this is how they think it's working. The ketogenic diet is stimulating that um, NRF2 response um, to the to the actual mitochondrial DNA inside the nucleus. And if you do a PubMed search for NRF2, there's lots of different studies coming out with it, like helping treat Parkinson's and MS. So it's it's very interesting when you look into that. My only thing that problem I have with the ketogenic diet is. People that load up on the dairy and the saturated fats, so which, well, which are the same. So, you know, with tons of cheese, tons of um, bacon, you know, I mean, I think a mixture of paleo and keto would be cool. But, um, but yeah, I mean, and, and that's when you have to listen to your own body. Some people are fine with cheese. They're fine with dairy and some aren't. So I think to take it away for a couple weeks, see how you feel, see if your skin's clear, you know, you have normal bowel movements, and then put it back in, I think that's kind of, you know, where you have to go. So paleo diet, this is the caveman diet. I think everyone's heard of this too. This is another catchy one, which is a good thing that these are catching on. Um, this is lean meats. Fish, seafood, fresh fruits, non-starchy vegetables. So you can have lots of vegetables, but no potatoes. White potatoes are out. You can have some sweet potatoes. Grains are out too, um, except unless you have like almond flour. So n- lots of nuts in this one. Seeds, eggs, um, plant-based oils also. Why is the
0: white
1: potato? A very starchy, high glycemic index. So um, it will spike your sugar. So a lot of, like the paleo is a better control of your glycemic index. So um, you're not going like this. So you're more steady. So less processed food is one reason why this is a good anti-inflammatory diet and, and good because you're not having all that inflammatory food with all that crap in it. Um, and high in anti-inflammatory foods, like, like you saw earlier, like nuts and walnuts and in fish. So four months of this diet in, in a study showed that these people taking this diet had a lower total cholesterol, LDL, and triglycerides. So once again, eat food, not too much, and mostly plants is kind of what we seen saw from everything. So I'll answer questions about the diet and then we'll go into some label talk. So does anyone have questions about diets or where is yogurt come no. from? Yogurt? Um, so yogurt's good. It depends on what kind you have. So it, it could be a good source of probiotics in it if you have those. But you have to watch out on the sugar. And you definitely don't want yogurt that has artificial sugar in it. Because that kind of tricks your body. They're expecting the sugar to come. And your pancreas say, here's some insulin, but it never comes. So that can cause spikes too. Um, just because it's sugar-free doesn't mean it, it doesn't have effect on your body. Um, and you know, you want organic dairy. So it's very important to get organic dairy because you don't want those extra hormones that they're giving cows to increase milk production. You don't want that in your, in your body. Okay. So, but yogurt, I mean, if you can tolerate it, if you've always been fine with dairy, but, um, but like I said, some dairy is, you know, a little bit inflammatory. So I, is it, is it on all these, um, you know, if you see on the paleo diet and the, you know, it's left off. And it's on the anti-inflammatory diet, but it's more of like the soft cheeses and, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, is that a- yeah. yes. So, gluten in general. The one book I really liked was um, Grain Brain. I don't know if anyone's read that. There's a lot of scientific research and stuff. And, yeah, i read a lot of Yeah. Well, this one's interesting because they were talking about psychiatric patients and, um, you know, gluten really has a response on the brain and the serotonin parts of the brain, which it kind of stimulates that. And that's why when you feel like, you know, when you eat that pizza, it's so calming and stuff and that's your body. Mm -hmm. Um, so the other thing about gluten is it actually, and they're starting to test for zolulin. Um, so when you eat gluten, it it releases zonulin. and that in your gut actually makes your gut jun- these are the gut junctions i keep doing this you So it makes it makes them open and it naturally does that so say you don't have, you have like an awesome gut or awesome genetics. Cause let's, let's face it. Sometimes it's genetics. We can't help these things. So, um, but say that, you know, you have a tight junction, so you have some gluten and you have, and, the, and it just opens, you know, you're fine. You don't, you do well with it. You tolerate it well. Um, but, but if you already have leaky gut problems or you have issues with gluten and it, and it opens it up worse. So I, I mean, there's, more and more research coming out about gluten and zolulin. It's really cool. And they're starting to test for that um, to see if you have it in your blood or urine. I forget which one it is um, to see if you have that. So, okay. So food labels. Um, So we're just going to talk about a few things. I mean, everyone knows how to read the fat and like the carbohydrates. We're going to talk about some sneaky ingredients. Okay. Um, It's, Best to not eat any processed food, but we all eat processed food. I mean, it's kind of hard, and our kids eat processed food. So um, these are just some. There's tons of stuff to avoid, but these are some of mine. So um what I want you guys to do is just start reading the labels at the store at your house, even see what you have at your house and and read them again, because sometimes you'll read it and then you'll go back because this has happened to me, and I'm like, I thought I read this carefully. Or there has been products where I thought that they were clean, and then I go back and they like added in like MSG, and I'm like, why did this happen? And I've like gotten really sad about one of them. So it was like a really good wild salmon at Costco, and I'm like, why do you have yeast extract? So anyway, um, monosodium glutinate, MSG, high fructose corn syrup, BHA and BHT, artificial dyes and coloring, are sodium nitrates and potassium bromate. So MSG, I mean, people, this has kind of been on the radar for a while, but now it's hidden under different names. So it's an excitatory toxin. And not everyone, but, you know, it can happen where people have headaches, flushing, weakness, all kinds of weird symptoms. After eating this, it could trigger migraines. And just some people are more sensitive to it than others. And here it's in all these different things, a lot of soy sauce and a lot of canned soup. Oh my gosh. Like all the canned soup has MSG in it and it's just crazy to me. Even some I've seen in some chicken soup that was labeled organic or natural have like yeast extract in it, which is MSG. So here are some of the hidden. I mean, if you just look online, there's lists of this. So The common one, I think, there's a lot of hydrolyzed stuff in there, a lot of yeast nutrient and yeast extract. If it just says yeast, it's yeast, you know. But they like autolyzed yeast, textured protein, a lot of things with protein. Some of them just say monosodium glutamate in it. I'm like, wow. Um, High fructose corn syrup. So high fructose corn syrup came about when, you know, GMOs – came out where, you know, we're supposedly getting high yield for these crops. They found another thing to do with corn, you know, to make it into this high fructose corn syrup and corn oil. So this is linked to non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. Um, this is really sad because in the emergency room where I work, I'll see people in their 20s with a fatty liver. And if you were ever told you have a fatty liver or one of your friends, are like, oh, I got a CT scan. It just showed a fatty oh. liver. Um, I mean, this is, this can lead to cirrhosis. This is non-alcoholic fatty liver disease. And this is because you're having this high fructose corn syrup, which, you know, your glycogen stores and all of this in the metabolism, it's this high sugar spike. And because people are consuming, you know, pop, which is like, you know, they're drinking just a thing full of sugar, but it's not sugar. It's high fructose corn syrup, which is, a, has a higher glycemic index. Um, and anything fructose has a high glycemic index. So if you're drinking five of those a day and... This can lead to cirrhosis. You know, this is like people that, you know, oh, they drank too much. That's why they had cirrhosis. No, it's going to be food soon. So um, this can can happen to anyone. If you need pop as a treat, they have stevia, you know, pop. Mm -hmm. And they have real cane sugar pop out there too. So if you really need a pop or your loved ones really need pop, just avoid high fructose corn syrup. It's just bad. Um, So it's also hidden in, oh, my gosh, salad dressings. Um, whatever it can, and this is another one you have to watch because they're starting to. They're. I read. Um, they're starting to have like different names for it. They're trying to like change the name. I forget what the latest one was, but the they're trying to push through the FDA to label it something different, so it will be hidden. So you just really have to keep up on this stuff. So BHA and BHT, um, butylated hydro a sinusole and toilet i mean this is like i wouldn't want to eat this like you can't even pronounce the words so the FDA categorizes this as generally recognized as safe g-r-a-d it's really interesting if you go to the fda and look at all this i i have a casual blog i do and i research natural flavorings after i read a book about just natural flavorings and how they're really weird stuff in natural flavorings and it's in everything So BHT, though, has been shown to have tumor promotion effects in animals. There's also been some studies that showed it might have an antioxidant effect too, which is kind of paradoxical, but I don't care if it's showing any tumor growth. I don't want it. It's also found to enhance and inhibit immune response in animals. So the European um, Union classifies BHA as an endocrine disruptor. Um, We have enough that is disrupting our endocrine system. I don't want this. This is in basically every cereal box. So look in your kids' cereal. You're going to see BHT and it's going to say as a preservative. Okay. So just be on the lookout. It's in like, it's trying to, I'm starting to see it in like cereal bars too. Um, So you have to buy organic for it. It's a bummer, but. Food coloring, um, this is pretty obvious. Um, a lot of people know that red 40, hyperactivity, ADHD, um, a lot of the food dyes that are used in the United States are banned in Europe. So um, these are just something, you don't need it. There's all alternate um, you know places and ingredients that they can use, like beet juice coloring and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. sodium nitrates and nitrites, they're um, used as food preservatives also. And you find these in your hot dogs and your salami and your beef sticks. So there's a concern that um, it leads to gastric, you know, stomach cancer. So you definitely want to avoid those if you can. Potassium bromate, it's used to help um, dough and crackers rise when you bake it. It causes tumors at multiple sites in animals. It's toxic to the kidneys and can cause DNA damage. And this is in large amounts with these studies, but I don't want anything in my body that is doing that. So it's banned in UK and Canada, but it is not banned in the US. So um, this is a, I like this, um, this little picture and kind of want to talk about organic versus non-GMO. If you guys haven't been to, I like the food babe site. It's kind of, I don't know if anyone's heard of that. That's where I got this from. She does a lot with like food labeling and you know chemicals and teas and stuff like that but non-gmo projects it's good because you know it's not made with genetically modified um materials and it's independently um Mm -hmm. it's an independent tester so to get that label they have to go through you know if they're organic and non-gmo they have to go through usda but they also have to go through the independent verification which is good Um, but you want to get organic there you know there's no roundup in there there's no antibiotics um, there's a lot of stuff so if you can buy organic so here's some examples so here's an organic but i don't see well yeah the usd is on here but it has yeast extract in there if you can see so even though it's even though it's organic it still has msg in it which, if you look at that, see that no synthetic pesticides and stuff, but it's still, it still has that. How's what? You can have natural flavoring in organic products. You can have MSG. Yeah. I mean, because if you look, it's just they don't have this kind of stuff. It's not perfect. That's what I'm saying. The, 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 um, the seal, all these seals that you can get on foods, stuff can still sneak by. So that's why... You just always have to read it. Even if it's, like, organic gluten-free, everything free, just still you stuff gets put in still. Doritos. I mean, we know these are bad. And, look, they go ahead and they just say monosodium glutamate, you know. So that's, that's good. They just don't even try to hide it. <laughs> and there's Red 40 in there. So that's, like, a double whammy. And my and kids are. Not even huh? And yeah it's genetically modified corn I know and you see kids eating these like it's the cool thing to do and I try to explain to my kids and they don't get it but so um these are natural Cheetos so I'm gonna have some Cheetos because these are natural you know they're not the bad Cheetos well this they do have organic cornmeal so that's impressive but they don't have the USDA stamp of approval so you know they might still use chemicals on that corn but um it's organic, so it should be non-GMO. Um, so natural flavoring, you could have who knows what's in there. And then Torilla yeast. That is MSG. Um, Jimmy Dean. I mean, we know, but this is like if you're going out to eat, you're getting sodium nitrates in your food. I'm not saying don't go out to eat. Like I, I think an 80-20 rule is good, but I'm saying if you're eating at home, just you know, just try try your best to um, to avoid the sodium um, nitrate. Oh, and it has, um, it has B- oh, I thought this one had sodium nitrate. Sorry, this one just has BHD. Most of them have um, sodium nitrate. So this I just wanted to talk about. Um, if you see the folate in there. So it's listed as folic acid. So one of my pet peeves is you look at vitamins, you look at granola bars or cereal, and it says folate. But then you look in the ingredients, you have to read the ingredients because it says folate as folic acid. And this is for people with um, MTHFR mutations, um, such as myself. That's why I'm so passionate about the folate thing um, and my kids. So, like, I have to avoid folic acid, synthetic folic acid, and I can only have folate. So um, that's just another thing they try to trick you because they usually it's non-parentheses. Usually it's just there and then you have to look in the ingredients. So there are my references. And we have 10 minutes for questions if anyone yes.
0: Tell us about your practice. Okay. Um, yeah. You
1: said you just started. Yes. Yeah, so what I you do, but you know, like if I would run to come to you, what would do? Yeah, so I do integrative medicine. It's basically it's evidence-based, like alternative medicine, is how I think of and holistic medicine. And it's that's why I'm as you see I'm very big on evidence um, because we need to know why we're doing stuff. Um, but I it's looking for the root cause of illnesses. Um, a lot of nutrition based, also supplements and mind body work like meditation or you know different kind of modalities to to help with that that aspect because the mind is so big and it's missing a lot in medicine. We don't tell people to to use their mind in meditation and mindfulness. So, um, but I, I work with, I also um, focus on gut health, thyroid, hormones, um, everything like that. So, and I'm in Perrysburg. And if anyone has questions, I do do a consult on the phone for 10 minutes, a free consult to see if I could help, you know, what you're looking for. Currently, um, no, um, no insurance at my practice. So... But that might change in a couple years. Yeah, probably in a couple years. I'll try and see if more insurances do that. So, yeah. so I hope this was helpful. And I have a question. Everyone's going to go eat vegetables. Yes.
2: Uh, as far as GMOs go,
1: mm-hmm.
2: I mean, that happens naturally in nature, right? Like food gets... the, the Good bio,
1: question. The,
2: the, it changes, you know. The food that we eat now is definitely a lot different than it was hundreds or right. thousands of years ago. Right. So um, there was a situation, I think it was in Hawaii with a papaya farm. Mm-hmm. Do you know about this? The papayas, they started getting all these... Uh, the papayas were just getting all these viruses and they mm-hmm. weren't doing well. And it just absolutely devastated... Uh, lots of farms that were growing and selling these things, and thanks to GMOs, um, you know they were able to uh, grow these papayas that were completely immune to these certain viruses. Right. Um, and then, you know, that meant they were healthier to eat for the people.
1: And it just... I could talk forever about GMOs. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Same, same, for... with,
2: same with like, same with corn. You know, okay. I mean, it's a vegetable. <laughs> <So I> think, <laughs> you know? we I couldn't think eat, eat want... it. We couldn't eat it a hundred years ago.
1: Right. Well, maybe, I think Monsanto made that article. No, okay. Anyway, so. Well, I. Not not this particular one. I am teasing. Okay, so. Here, I'll talk into the microphone, but i Yes, please. Here. Okay. So, GMOs are different. So, they are not naturally occurring in nature. Hybr- hybridization is, or crossbreeding. Like, when we were all in middle school, and we took the two fruit flies, and we let them mate, that's crossbreeding. Breeding different, and that's cross pollinate pollination. That is normal, that is natural. That is how farmers got seedless watermelons. They kept cross breeding ones that had less seeds and less seeds. Okay, that is nature, that is fine. Okay, Um, genetically modified is in a lab, and it's when they take the actual genetics and DNA and alter them okay and they do a lot of different things one of them they they put the actual toxin in the seed so the corn actually has this toxin in it so animals eat it and they die or they can't eat it or it tastes so then this is what we're eating in our stomach with corn where did you get the evidence for that i've read so many articles can you name one it's the um if you go on food babe they're on there Um, I don't have the references on here. Um, I, I guess
2: I'm, I'm not necessarily talking about nature. I'm um, talking about like like, uh, like bio companies that, that, you know, they treat their food to give you more um, omega-3s and fatty acids. I mean, that, that stuff has been like proven. Like this is much, much, much better for you. This meat is much better for you across the board than stuff that isn't, that isn't modified. I think
1: it's like the BH toxin, BT toxin that they put in corn. Isn't it BT? Yeah, all okay. right. Um, I could look up the references, but but it's not. But what they're doing is they're they're altering they're you know making the genes different from what they are in nature. They're not adding to it, and and then people argue that corn is we're getting more production and better production of the corn, right? And that's actually not true. If you look across the board, and there have been studies about that, that it's like wrecked. Know because and they're spraying more pesticides. So in Hawaii, they're spraying more pesticides to keep it because they're they're becoming Roundup resistant, the crops are right because I mean, they're they're smart, you know, and bugs are you know, things are going to get resistant. Oh, absolutely, yeah. So I I personally, I do not, I avoid GMOs at all costs and and my kids because I'm worried about what it's doing to the gut health and if GMOs and you could even if you love gmos and you think they're good if they're spraying more and more Roundup on these crops and if you go to farms and you see how much they spray on these crops how is that not getting into your food
2: well that the same thing can be said for organic crops as well like my uncle owns an organic an organic farm right right? but they use almost the same Mm -hmm. exact kind of pesticides as someone who isn't you know Mm -hmm. they just have the they just have the fda kind of permission slip you know to label it mm-hmm. to label it organic so well
1: i think either you way you justify that right you and grow your own. they're a little yeah you grow, grow your own, grow your own and freeze them yeah. right and but if you think the other thing you could take away from that is you know there's a dirty dozen of the you know what you should get or what's the worst um but if you think about serving your kids you know try to get organic but if you can't even serving them conventional raspberries is better than giving them a processed f- fruit bar or something like that so that that's another way of and we're all just trying to do the best we can with the information we have um and and, and it's scary because our food is a lot different but um the the other thing that you could talk about GMOs and Roundup and using more or using more fertilizer in general is the impact on the environment. And that's a whole nother with the algae bloom and everything and the field runoffs and roundup on your lawn, which is totally ridiculous. My husband, I won't let him use it. And our yard looks like crap. But that's okay, because I don't care. So, you know, there's there's all sorts of um, things. But yeah, I, I just can't and I'm friends with farmers that sell seeds that are GMOs and and I, I'm one of one farmer that I know um, has seen in his pigs eating GMO feed that they're sick all the time. And it's just fascinating. I actually want him to lecture sometime at my my business because he has his engineering degree. So um, yeah, I wish see if I talked about this, I would have the research. Um, Is there any evidence ready? that would
2: indicate that the GMOs are the cause of those hogs getting sick as opposed to them being raised in a factory?
1: To do a case study and stuff, it's really hard to do actual studies. And who's funding these studies?
2: There's lots of independent studies. Cooper Farms, which is actually a local, mm-hmm. which is actually a local farm, um, they've done lots of research on that, and that's pretty widely available. It's right. really interesting. You
1: yeah, know. they've for or against GMOs.
2: Uh, both. Okay. Yeah. Good. There's lots of evidence that supports both sides, but, um, but they they are in favor because they can give their they can give their livestock um, food that absolutely actually, actually helps them thrive um, and not get sick
1: of the gmos you mean uh, no no no, no. Non-GMO.
2: Their the their feed which has which uses gmos to help their help their pigs um, or their lots of their livestock actually help fight the diseases that run rampant when you when you put all these animals on a big farm Mm-hmm. So you know, it's definitely helping. There's definitely a lot of evidence that shows that that helps. That helps. Um, that helps those animals when they're when they're in a factory. I mean, personally, I'm against factory farming. That, yeah. But, well, that's that's, but that's the problem. But that's Cause, a whole another because they're uh, in an
1: unnatural, unnatural environment. So yeah, I well, yeah, it it and exactly. and it
0: depends on what the what the modification is. It could be towards a healthier animal or it could be you know, something that is poisonous, not only to benefit us. Yeah. So, not all uh, GMOs are alike. They're not all created.
1: I don't like any of them. We, we have, I get that. I know. But yeah. it's it's. We sorry. have full governments,
2: other countries, that are absolutely banning this. Right. They have research. Their animals are not all
1: They've got to have something in place. Look at chicken, to, the to, eggs to epidemic. To more so they're doing something, so maybe we need to take yeah. Yes, to that. that is, yeah, and the, the whole egg epidemic, epidemic um, where, you know, the eggs last year, I think they were all getting the um, the flu. Um, and no, you know, all the ones that had their, the coop you know, they just had a coop and they didn't have them in cages. Their eggs were fine, all the organic farmers. So it's just... It's really interesting. Um, yeah. It, it,
2: it's also important to indicate though that healthcare in lots of other countries are nowhere near as good as the healthcare that we receive in America. Uh, uh, I
1: was just saying that we're really
2: really the I disagree. So too, I think it. and yeah. actually there are other places that yeah. get I think it just sure, sure, but America as a whole is one of the most healthy countries. No, we're, no not. We're, not. <laughs> we're not. We're not.
1: Mm-hmm. No, we're we're one of okay. the most unhealthy countries. Yeah, yeah. We well, have. It, de- it depends. It depends on. It depends
2: on how you define that. If you look at things like uh, like infant mortality, we're definitely one of the worst. But if you look at if you look at uh, disease survivability, cancer, we're not. for instance, no. No. America. No, we, we're not. Can- cancer patients in America no, are, are much not. better off than many no, many, many other countries. So, I promise you, we are. For
1: so. Right. right. So that being said well,
2: That's because that's because we use chemotherapy which doesn't have a great
1: So we yeah, so we we are the we Americans are getting sicker and we're getting more inflammation. Does it have to do with GMOs, vaccines, our environment? I think it's multifactorial. Yes. But but we are we are very sick. Americans are very sick, but we have the best advanced medical care to treat those sick people. And I think oh, that's. Oh, you! I thought we were we, the worst. No, no, we, we're, we're, right. we have, we are very innovative in what we do. We can treat strokes, we can treat, but why? Are, but we, we are not looking at root causes. We're just treating all these inflammatory. We're not trying to make us all better. But we are at the holistic health fair. But I love that you guys are so passionate about this stuff. I think um, you're like the devil's advocate today. I kind of like it. <laughs> Thank you. You know, talk you know, always talk to your doctors. And if, you know, when patients approach me with all these things, I say, thank you. And if I don't know, I research it. And I think if, if someone becomes negative to you, a healthcare professional, then shame on them. They, they need to really, because a lot of patients, I learn from my patients every day and I love it because I, I don't know everything. I never will. So, Okay. Well, thank you so much, everyone. That was fun. You're
0: welcome. Thanks for listening to the Thrive Tribe 419 podcast. Do you know someone who could benefit from the information you just heard? Share the love by sharing this episode. Want to connect online? Check out ThriveTribe419.com to leave a review or check out more episodes. You can also join the conversation by searching for Thrive Tribe 419 on Facebook or Instagram see you next time. Keep Thriving.